T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gorman Thomas has proven to be a tough customer. Suter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's a winner! That's a winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Porter throws his mask into the air. The players converge around the mound. The police arrive on the scene. The canine patrol and the mounted patrol. Some fans manage to get on the field, but they needn't do that and they won't be out there very long. The Cardinals have won the game six to three. The Cardinals have won the National League pennant, and the Cardinals have won the 1982 World Series. Time to talk baseball and everything sports. It's Friday Night Live by Lowe's, sponsored by Goodwill. Give hope, give local, give Goodwill. Now, Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Live and Lows presented by Goodwill. Give hope, give local, give goodwill. Along with Ricky Horton, I'm Mike Claiborne. It's reunion weekend here in St. Louis honoring the 1982 World Series team. And we have two guys that were part of that World Series championship team, John Stuper and Dave LaPointe, a righty and a lefty that had their moments during the course of the season. And Ricky, you are a world champion as well. I'm, I'm of the belief that when you win a world championship, all 25 guys have their day in the sun. Yeah. At doing 162 and beyond. And we're with two guys who were so important throughout the season and certainly in the World Series. Well, you can't play that long without, uh, and, and play into October without everybody having to have a piece of it. And we've got the two guys here who were both rookies. Uh, the, uh, in, in part of the uh, Cardinals rotation, 40% uh, of the rotation, young guys that were kind of learning on the fly, but they were very important not only in the season, but. Uh, important in October and Dave LaPointe, John Stuper, great to have you guys. Nice to be here. Thanks, Ricky. What a, what a pleasure to be back, especially during these circumstances and great win tonight and all these people. It just it just brings it all back to you. You know, I, I'm just I got to say this. I'm hoping. I said this to Jim Cott and he was on the air. You you guys know that he was on the air with us tonight. And I ran into uh, Mike Ramsey and Tommy Herr and and uh, Doug Bear as we were coming across here to uh, live at Lowe's. And, and my sense, I just hope you guys have a blast. I mean, I, I wasn't a part of what yes. you guys were doing, but I was a minor leaguer rooting for you. Uh, but I hope, uh, John Stuper, that this, uh, this weekend is something that just brings you a lot of joy. It already has. Um, you know, it's getting sit down, talk with Ozzy, talk with Keith, talk with Kitty, talk with Brummer, talk with, I mean, with everybody. Um, our team was really close, and it's like we never left each other, kind of. Uh, so it's already been a blast. And the way St. Louis 
post you, this organization, this city, it's just unbelievable. So, so Dave, I'm going to ask you a philosophical question because uh -oh. you're a deep thinker and you're known as being a deep thinker. Aren't Wait a minute. We're still talking, talking about me, right? Oh, oh, I thought Keith Hernandez was with us tonight. Wait, it's Dave LaPointe. If you're so, asking me, you're supposed to help me with the words. That's right. Exactly. So so are you close uh, as, a, as a group of guys because you won, or uh, did you win because you were close? I mean, which which kind of comes first in your mind? Now, you've been you've been around the game for a long time. You coached uh, in the minor leagues, and John Stuper, of course, as you know, Mike, was a, at Yale. a head coach at Yale, recently retired, and... Uh, had a terrific career there, but is is it the winning that gets the closeness, or the closeness that gets the winning, or both? Um, I, you know, being around Whitey, and we were talking about earlier about Hub Kittle, you know, making you feel like you belong, and we felt like we belong, but we were kind of, you know, hovering around. I, I always say it was a trip to San Francisco, and Stoop hates me to bring this up, but he had a game out in San Francisco where he walked nine guys, and when we came back on the flight, he was going to have nine beverages to salute I don't know what they were uh, but to salute the nine walks and everybody from on that trip kind of got a little loose and we're letting it out but it was a trip that the, the veterans let us get on them and they ragged on us and at the end of that trip we are all friends and, and we all trusted each other and I think after that they made us believe we are part of the team and then we took off you know I'm, I'm just thinking about what you said that a guy actually walked nine players, nine batters in one game and, and was still in the game that long, along with game six. Well, how many rain delays did we have in game six? And First of all, I want to say um, uh, it's amazing what nine glasses of ice water can do. At, <laughs> That's at, what I was figuring, Scoop. Yeah. Um, somebody, was, somebody said he might have walked more in that game than Eckersley did the year before. but. <laughs> I actually went six innings in that game, and and I walked nine. The umpire was squeezing me, obviously, right? Of, of course, course. Yeah, of course, yeah, without a doubt. Yep. Uh, and I think I came out. We were losing like three to two. I mean, I must have left fifteen runners on base or something. So but, you were wow. pitching, in other words. You well, found a way to pitch. He wasn't giving in. Right. <laughs> yeah. He tried to try to polish it up a little bit. Yeah. So, but here's the other thing I want to ask you guys: the reunion weekend. Jim Cott said something to us tonight. There were a couple of guys he hadn't seen in forty years. Who was the one person that you saw tonight that you realized, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen this guy in maybe 40 years? Well, I think most of us said, uh, you know, for a little part of that, that season, Jeff Keener, you know, uh, as Whitey does, he, when he brings you up, he puts you into a situation. And I think Jeff's was bases loaded versus Andre Dawson. And, mm -hmm. and Jeff came out pretty good in that situation. And they, don't, they didn't bring anybody up that they didn't think it helped the team. They weren't just filling a roster spot, and we had guys like that. Gene Roof all year, you know, was a starter his whole life in the minor leagues and hit 300. That year, mostly he pinch hit quite a bit, played defense, and he helped us in a lot of games. And uh, you need everybody, like you said earlier, you need you need 25. No, you need 35 to 40 guys that are going to help you win that thing. So uh, thinking back on that team in 1982, and a lot of those guys, including having the opportunity and the privilege to play with you two guys, play with a lot of those guys on that team later, but they were younger at the time. So who would you say uh, 
kind of looking around the infield, thinking about the pitching staff, who are the guys that were kind of the go-to guys in terms of leadership at the time? And there are probably a few of them, but Stoop, who, who, and, and, they're, and they're normally is one as one or two as pitchers and one or two as players, and they, they kind of lead different people. But Stoop, who, who were the leaders on that team? Well, we had five rookies on the team, and so we needed mentors. Yeah. And Bob Force, Jim Cott, Bruce Suter, uh, I could, Doug Bear, I mean, I could go on and on. And we were talking about this earlier today. We listened. Um, I don't know what it's like today. I have no idea. But we listened. I mean, I would be an idiot if I sat beside Jim Cott and didn't listen to him during the course of a game. Um, I learned a lot from Jim Cott. When I was done playing, I used to bounce stuff off of Jim Cott about my pitchers and about Bruce same way. So they mentored us. I, I've always said that guys like Bruce and Kitty and Forshee, they taught me how to be a big leaguer. And I'll, I'll forever be grateful for that. Dave, anything to add to that? Well, I had a conversation with Keith Hernandez tonight. You know, sitting there, I haven't seen him in a while, but I, I you know, I, I stay in touch. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few guys that played with Keith Hernandez and Don Mattingly. And I said, you were the best first baseman I've ever played with because you controlled the game. You yelled at us when we, when you should have. You kept us intense. You didn't let us like fall asleep during the middle of the game. And, and I said, you were the, to me, non-pitching wise, he was that guy that kept us going and I, I early on in the year I faced Bill Madlock the you know two-time batting champion and I struck him out on the changeup like in the second or third inning and Keith put me up against the wall and he comes in he goes what the hell are you doing why are you throwing a changeup I go because that's all I throw he goes he goes no he goes you know he comes up in the seventh inning with two men on base what are you going to throw him he didn't know that's all I threw his changeups but he said why show him your out pitch in the second when you can get him out in the seventh. But it's a point that you took and, and understood that about about the fact that you're going to have to face a guy. And that's something that uh, in your era, in my era, uh, you had to think about three times through the lineup, which well, is not always the case now. I think Keith and Bob Force were the ones that made us know that, you know, it's, it's a fun game, but it's a business. Right. And you better pay attention to what you're doing. You know, you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned you had a bunch of rookies. You talk about the flight home. Was that the flight that galvanized this team where everybody kind of let their guard down and got to embrace each other? That, that's the, the flight that brought us together. There's a couple other points during the year. Philadelphia, bases loaded, one out, Bruce Suter versus one, two, Mike three, Schmidt. One, two, three, double play. One, two, three. Glenn Brommer stealing home. Yeah. Uh, little things like that, that that brought us farther and farther and farther together. And we, we, just, we just fed off of it. You know, there's a couple of names that, that we don't get a chance to talk about as much as, uh, well, one reason, of course, uh, we've lost Joaquin Andujar, and, and, of course, David Green passed this year, and, and Daryl Porter is part of uh, part of that particular team. But we probably don't talk about Joaquin Andujar enough anymore in uh, Cardinal baseball, and, uh, and also George Hendrick. We don't see George a lot. Of course, George, uh, a terrific teammate. I'm sure you guys agree with that. But uh, thoughts about either one of those guys in terms of what they meant to that team and the kind of competitors they were. Joaquin brought comic relief to that team. And it wasn't that he was being funny. is that everybody was busting on him, and he just took it so well. Mm -hmm. Plus, he may have been the toughest competitor I've ever played with. Mm -hmm. um, he just went right at people. You know, he did some things like point at people and stuff like that that I'm not saying that I was in favor of or anything. But if you want to talk about somebody that competed, I mean, he got on the mound. He thought he was the best, and he freaking competed. He sure did. How about George Hendrick, Dave? Well, we were talking about uh, mechanics, little things about mechanics. George Hendrick 
might have been the most accurate thrower you know, of yeah. all time, you know, in the outfield. And he had the long wrist, you know, an easy flow. And when he threw the ball in, the ball skipped at the catcher. It didn't back up like a lot of like a lot of outfielders today. And little things like that, you know, how Whitey pays attention to hit the cutoff man, keeping the double play in order. George Hendrick was the king of the outfield. If you didn't do it, he was going to talk to you at the end of the inning. Let's take our first break. We have John Stuper, Dave LaPointe, Ricky Horton, I'm Mike Claiborne. Back with more after we take this time out. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Rummer's the big runner. He's at third. Two down, sacks jam. Lavelle at the belt. Checks. Brummer stealing home. He is saved, and the Cardinals win. Brummer stole home. The dugout comes out, and they congratulate him. You wouldn't believe it. Glenn Brummer steals home, and now the Giants are out arguing about the call. The umpire never called the two-strike pitch, and it was right down the middle. Time for more Friday Night Live by Lowe's. Sponsored by Goodwill. Give hope, give local, give Goodwill. Now, let's get back to Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne. Welcome back to Friday Night Live by Lowe's. Presented by Goodwill. Give hope, give local, good, give Goodwill. Uh, we are at the Bullock, which is across the street from the uh, Bush Stadium uh, complex and uh, we're on the second level live by Lowe's Hotel across from Bush Stadium and we're on the second floor. We got a big crowd here. We got former Cardinals all over the place. Mike Claiborne, you Ricky can't Horton. can't swing a dead cat without him. No, you can't. I don't know why you'd want to do that anyway, but we've got a couple of uh, former Cardinals with us that were integral part of the 82 World Championship team, so they've got rings to prove it. John Stuper, a pitcher and Dave LaPointe, who uh, I would say are not, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say they're not the same person. They have uh, different personalities, but 
boy, do you guys get along great. I mean, is that what baseball does for you, do you think? I mean, have you ever stopped to think about that philosophically? I mean, you get, there's probably a lot of philosophical things going on at Yale, Stoop, so I'll start with you. Baseball doth make strange bedfellows, Ricky. <laughs> so you guys room together, is that what you're saying? We, we actually did. <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't, I don't think we could be more opposite. Right. Um, so you agree with that statement? I agree with that statement. Yeah, I don't yes. think that's a bad thing at all. Not a, no, not at all. No, it helps not you be all. a good listener. You learn about people. How about you, Dave? Well, the reason we got along is we never saw each other. <laughs> well, we'll I guess that's the show that will take so, place after midnight. So here. I, I might have stayed up late at night. Next morning, he's out running. I'm sleeping until 11. So <laughs> we made, saw, we saw each that, other when you we were playing catch with each other. You made that same comment about me when we were teammates in Chicago, as I recall. See, but I was experienced. <laughs> I guess you were. You said that after the game, you know, we get along great. But after the game, I go to the art museum and you go to Rush Street, as, as I recall. <laughs> And, and and did our careers go the same length? Well, you went longer than mine, actually, way longer. You had a very nice big league career. Well, it was a longer walk to the museums. <laughs> <laughs> that was my problem. Hey, you know, um, we talk about the team, and I just saw two guys who are just incredible people, Frank Harbenbarger and uh, Buddy Bates. And when you guys are a team, the equipment guys and C.J. Cherry. Those guys are part of your family. And, and Buddy, in my opinion, one of the five funniest people you'll ever meet because he can sting you when you least expect it. When you're having one of those moments, and he's the one guy that can say something to you to make to remind you of who you are and where you're at. Buddy was probably the biggest blank disturber yes. in that clubhouse. And you never know it. It's, not, it's never going to see the paper or anything like that. But we were talking about it earlier. There wasn't a day we went to that clubhouse that we didn't laugh together as a team about something was going on usually buddy and you know frank came up with me and stoop at triple a next year in the big leagues and he knew all about us so it, everybody was part of the team but everybody nobody was off guard you know they're off limits yeah i, I didn't particularly care for frank copenbarger <laughs> he's right there you know he can or, hear you or buddy bates they can both hear you, you. um <laughs> uh, when you talk about family, it's an overused yeah. cliche, but it's 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 very true. Buddy Bates was the best clubhouse guy in the big leagues, um, and you know, he, like David said, he, he he could stir it up a little bit. Um, I'll I'll never forget my first year, and of course we we celebrate the uh, the powder blue jerseys. We still uh, on bring those out yeah. on Saturday, on and that's road. kind of part of the deal on the road, because there's a part of Cardinal fan base that just remembers how cool that was. Well, my first year in the big leagues. My powder blue jersey had gotten, I don't know if it got washed incorrectly, and I'm not going to point any fingers there, but the, it was really faded. And we only had one jersey, as I recall. And I actually went to Frank and Buddy, and I said, hey, you know, my jersey's a little, uh, my jersey's a little faded. Do you think I could get a new jersey? How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> well, they both stood up in the middle of the clubhouse and announced to every player that I was being a little demanding, and they wanted everybody to have, kind of chime in as to whether or not I should get a new jersey. As a rookie, you'd been there for 10 minutes. Who do you? I don't know who he thinks. He, and it, and I gave up. I quit. But but I knew that those were relatives, future family and friends that were getting on me, and that was more I would say more part of the game then than it is now. Oh, it's you know how Joaquin used to appear at spring training a little bit later than everybody else. Right. So we were talking about it tonight that Joaquin, you know. One tough Dominican was always a a size 32 waist, and the one spring training buddy came in early and came out with like a size 28, but sewed the 32 <laughs> tag onto it. So Joaquin comes in late, and you know he's already late. He's got to get to practice, so he's trying to put these pants on, and 
He goes, no, this ain't right. I'm a 32. I'm a 32. And Buddy's going, well, you're fat. You're out of shape. <laughs> you know, so everybody was in on it, and everybody laughed about it. But that's just the way they – Buddy was famous for uh, hanging a fishing wire over the rails at the old place in St. Pete with a rubber snake on the end of it. And Joaquin, you know, hated rubber snakes. And every time Joaquin – real ones. Every time he went to put his valuables in the box, the snake would drop on him. <laughs> And he would come out swinging like he was going to hit somebody. And, like, we all knew it was going to happen. We all waited for it to happen. We all laughed. And then we went about our business. Loved, I loved Joaquin. And what do we call him, of course? We called him Jack. Jack. Yeah. And he said, my name is not Jack. It's Joaquin. And we would say, okay, okay Jack. Jack. The only time it was rough was him when you're in the airport and you go, hi, Jack. Yeah. And they pull you into the back room like, what did you just say? We, I, loved, I loved Joaquin. I'm glad we, we, we've talked about him. But I want to bring up another name. Uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, and well, you mentioned him, Stoop, uh, Bruce Suter, his influence, a Hall of Famer, and you know, a Hall of Famer as a player, no doubt. But if you were ever in a clubhouse with him, you you realized his effect on you personally by just how much of a of a caring friend he was, really, and and mentor to a lot of people. Yeah, I I have a story about Bruce. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was struggling a little bit. I I'd been. Uh, this was in 83, actually, and I'd been putting the bullpen for a little bit, and I was, you know, I was pouting about it. Um, so I said to Bruce, if they don't, if Arctic pitch me, why don't they just trade me? And he, he hated people if you pouted. Or, yeah. He just looked at me and said, who the hell would want you? Um, so, um, you know, he always, he spoke the truth. He did. Uh, but the thing about Bruce for us, uh, and I, I heard Obi talk about this on, on video once, that when we got ahead four to three in the seventh game of the 82 World Series, it was over. Right. As far as we were concerned, it was over. Now we scored two more to make it six to three, and we really knew it was over. Bruce was at his best. You know, they talk about the immaculate inning now. I saw Bruce have an immaculate inning with nine swings, mm. swings and misses. And it was just dominant, um, fearless, a great athlete. I mean, I mean you couldn't bunt on him. Um, and just... You know, Whitey came out and it was an eighth inning or so. You know, it's different times there. Bruce would yeah. come in in the eighth, and Stu, how you feeling? Ah, you'd look down the bullpen, you see 42 more. Ah, Whitey, I'm a little tired. I mean, <laughs> we're good. Maybe you ought to bring Bruce in. Um, so it's, you know, he was just, he was the best in the business uh, for about an eight year span, and uh, glad he was on my side. Tell Dave, you that. Dave LaPointe, your thoughts on Bruce? He did the same thing in uh, 82. I had started to hit the wall in August, and Whitey took me out of the rotation, and a happy, sad moment. He took me out of the rotation, but he didn't send me down. He kept me there. And I was pouting a little bit, and Bruce comes up. He goes, you're right. He goes, you can't make any money in a bullpen. <laughs> I heard that speech, too. And, you know, he would just say stuff like that. But Bruce Souter is the Hall of Famer that if we didn't have a Hall of Fame, it would be better for him because he was one of the boys. Yes. You know, he was in the, in the gutters with us in the ditches and, and you know, he was just a, a, a blue-collar worker that had a great pitch, and and you just appreciated what he did. Well, well, Bruce always chastises me at our fantasy camp. He hates it, uh, and we he's been several times to our camp. And Dave, I know you've been, and John, you've been, but but uh, Bruce uh, would come year after year, and I would introduce him after he went into the Hall of Fame as a Hall, of, and he did not like. He said, "Just stop saying that," yeah. and, and he wasn't. It wasn't, it was no humility, like false humility in that. It's just he doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to be 
kind of with everybody and of course at that fantasy camp uh, we're so fortunate Dave and you're, you've been a part of so many that we've got a lot of former Cardinals including teammates of yours in 1982 that mix so well with people at that camp and are just regular guys I, I think uh, Legends Camp is kind of what the St. Louis Cardinals are we've always had people that's not afraid to put your arm around somebody welcome them know their name thank you get to know people no matter who they are and we've always had players of that caliber that were more people than they were players and I, I was talking to Dan Farrell about this tonight I said early in the St. Louis Cardinals history the players made the team the Gibson Brock Musial the players made the team but I think nowadays it's the, it's the city that makes the players that when you get here and you hear this crowd and the way these people love you all of a sudden you realize you're in baseball heaven mm. and you've got no reason to feel bad about anything you're going to have a productive career the, Car the Cardinals are unlike any other organization I mean they really are think about their fantasy camps this I did one in Bush Stadium uh, in St. Louis uh, this past June okay four teams four managers okay the hero of the managers Ozzie Smith Ted Simmons um, Tommy her Tommy her and me okay how in the world am I in that group I asked Joe Pfeiffer I said how many people turned you down uh, before and I'm so I'm watching Ozzie Smith now Ozzie Smith in my opinion is the greatest defender in the history of our game at any position he's the greatest defender he's sitting over there he's managing one of these teams okay and he, he's talking to these guys like they're his long-lost buddies now if you're a Cardinal fan from that era you idolized this guy heck he was my teammate and I idolized him and to just sit there and pardon my language BS with Ozzie Smith I mean just think what I mean there's no other organization that does that I've talked to other people uh, you know that have gone to other fantasy camps I've talked to our people who say everybody else calls them to say hey what do you guys do David and Scott Terry they do an unbelievable job Joe Pfeiffer Larry State I mean it just it goes on and on I'm just happy to be invited once in a while it's just such a I mean, it's amazing. Well, it's they, amazing. they had figured you're the only guy down there that really didn't know the infield fly rule so that you were going to let the other guys win, and that's probably why you were there that year. That's, that's an inside joke that oh. we're not going to explore. I, I, I Let's will, take our I'll next break. Alone. We'll Go take ahead. our final break, come back with more. John Stuper, Ricky Horton, Dave LaPointe are here. This is live from Lowe's on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now it's Porter's job, as it was over at Fells earlier, to pull the ball, move the runner over somehow. Preferably drive him home. The pitch to Darrell. Swing and a long one in the right field. Way back. Adios. And the Cardinals lead four to nothing. It just got over the wall and hit the concrete pillar. Came back on the field. And the Cardinal fans are crazy wild. Welcome back to Friday Night Live by Lowe's. Sponsored by Goodwill. Give hope. Give local. Give goodwill. Now, once again, Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne. Welcome back, everyone. We are live at Lowe's at the Bullock, the second level of Lowe's, the hotel right across the street from Bush Stadium, along with Ricky Horton. I'm Mike Claiborne. John Stuper and Dave LaPointe are here. So, question for you guys. You're with guys for eight months out of the year. Give me one player that you truly came to appreciate more maybe it was after the World Series, maybe it was 39, 40 years later, that when you first encountered him, because you guys are rookies, you didn't really know him. Maybe you knew him in the minors. I don't know. 
But if, there, if there's one player that you've come to appreciate on why you are, are world champion, who might it be? For, for me, it's Keith. Um, I remember my first big league spring training out of, uh, I was out of double A, it was my first big league spring training, and he treated me like I belonged then, um, which I clearly didn't, but um, he was awesome. Um, Jim Cott used to kid him and call him Joe Montana because he always was having like a huddle on the mound. Um, but uh, he's one of my favorite all-time teammates. I mean, I, I can't narrow it down. I mean, all those guys were awesome to me. But Keith just, I don't know, he just made you feel like you belonged. And, um, and it, it meant a lot. Plus, he was a phenomenal player. So. Dave, how about you? I don't think it's a player. I, I think it's we, we all, after we were done, went and played for quite a few teams afterwards, and I think it's Whitey Herzog. I think you just didn't appreciate it. You didn't know any different because he was our first manager. But then, boy, when you get out in the rest of the league and you see you know, some of these so-called big names that are big league managers, they didn't have even close to what Whitey brings to the table. And, uh, and I played on nine teams. And, and after it's all said and done, and even today, watching him what he does, he was just so far above that he took not the high you know, salary player that everybody wanted. He took a bunch of six rookies and a bunch of other guys and won a championship. I'll give you my answer to that, and it has to do with just the ability that he had defensively. Of course, we can talk about a lot of good players defensively from those Cardinal years, but from that 82 team, the shortstop, Ozzie Smith. And you say, well, how could you kind of take him for granted? Well, you, day in and day out, you give up a rope up the middle, and he's standing there. You get one in the... Uh, in the uh, in between third and short in the hole and he makes that play and throws the guy out and you kind of just get used to it until you get traded to another team and nobody catches those and all of a sudden and, and your, ERA, your era is seven and you're wondering why you're not very good anymore well it's ozzy smith ask, ask john tudor about that who yeah. who came from the pirates i won't say who their middle guys were and came here with ozzy and tommy i was gone i was traded after that but he, his, he said to me many times, I mean, what a difference. Balls that were getting through in Pittsburgh were routine butt plays here. I, get, I gave up three hits to Scott Terry because I didn't have a shortstop in Pittsburgh. <laughs> we, we, we watch that video every fantasy <laughs> camp when, when Scott and uh, Dave are about to, uh, about to start, the, uh, start the camp. And I, I love being a part of those. And it's been a really a hard thing for me. Honestly, it is uh, for all the guys that go there, the ex-players, the campers, I like it. I always say, as you heard me say, Dave, it's good for our soul to be there. And I hope it's good for your soul to be here uh, this weekend. And I, and I want to ask you both, you're in the ballpark tonight. And it's a sellout crowd again, Bush Stadium. You know, it's a pennant race. It's early for the pennant race, but it feels like September in a way. I mean, do you get some of those feelings being at the park, hearing the uh, 47,000 plus or whatever our attendance was today? Does some of that come back for you by being here at the ballpark? Well, I, I think this past week, the series that we had here against the Yankees, the electricity came into the stadium and these players believed that they were in it for keeps. And I remember back to that Philadelphia series that we weren't supposed to win. We were supposed to finish in third, but we came out on top by a game and we were playing pretty good and we knew we belonged. And I think, I think you know as a team, you're not going to say it publicly. It actually hits you in the face like a frying pan, but you believe as a team and all 25 guys, they start getting there at 1 o'clock, wait for a 7 o'clock game because right. we know we're going to win. Right. You know, I, I just spent 30 years in Connecticut, um, in New Haven, Connecticut, which is the dividing line between Red Sox fans and Yankee fans. Uh, it's actually the city is considered the dividing line between. It's the, the Mason-Dixon line, so to speak. Exactly. It's, and, and you it's hear, Peoria between you Cardinals and Cubs. Well, I'll explain that to Were you Were they later. DJs? <laughs> and you hear about Red Sox Nation and all. 
There is nothing close to these people here. This is the biggest home field advantage in sports. Um, and I, when I came here late June, David and I were fortunate enough to have a bobblehead night, and they're playing Miami on a Monday night, and there's 37,000 people here. Right. These people are nuts, and I absolutely love them. I mean, they're just amazing. So, so Stoop, I want to ask you, you know, we're talking about a lot of people watching a team play and, and uh, the, just the uh, – the, the wonderful feeling being here at the ballpark, but all those years in Connecticut, coaching at Yale, I'm assuming you didn't have 48,000 people at those games yet. Let me say, uh, I just totally admire uh, the career that, that you had there and molding, uh, molding young athletes. And, you know, as you look back on that, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but you look back on, you know, you, you've been retired now for, what, four months? Two months. Two months. Uh, you know, are there some things starting to seep more into your soul? That, that encourage you uh, on, a, on a job well done at Yale? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the love I was shown when, you know, when they had the retirement for me. Um, October 7th or 8th, um, about 11 of my guys are going, to, they've done very well for themselves. They're going to rent a yacht in St. Petersburg, Florida, and we're just going to cruise around on the yacht, like 10 of us, uh. all day. Um, and, like, the yacht costs, like, $25,000 to rent, and... Um, I'm just so close with all of them, and they've never told me no. Mm. Like if, doctors, lawyers, you know I have uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor of Florida, that played for me. They never say no to me if I ask them to speak to one of my current players or whatever. That? And it's just, it means the world to me. And they say, you know, geez, you changed our lives. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw that right back at you. You changed my life. Uh, it was a 30-year privilege for me to coach there. Um, it was time. It was time. Yeah. I have ap absolutely no regrets. 30 years is a long time. Um, but I'm just, I'm so fortunate and blessed to have been able to do that. That's that's terrific and so well said. And Mike, I, I'm imagining before the night is over, Dave LaPointe's going to try to get a, an invite onto that yacht. That, that, yeah, well, as, if I know I, him know, as I know No, him. no, no. He's already promised me. He's told me behind <laughs> with an inner tube and a cooler. <laughs> He'll just happen to be in St. Pete that, that he'll happen to be in St. Pete that day yeah. with something else. It just happens to run into everybody. I crossed the line at the at the speedo he wanted me to wear, but I got the inner tube and the cooler. I can so picture that in my head. Me in a speedo? No, you know what? Wow. You no, they'll have him attached to the end on a rope and no, he'll you be in the cooler. He'll be in he'll be in the inner tube. I'll be the guy getting eaten by the shark and they're up you know drinking champagne on the yacht. Hey, does, so, this show, does this show get like ratings like movies like R and, and uh, uh, M and that? Cause no, we don't, we don't get them yet. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. But after the night, we Maybe, may have to yeah. go do it. Maybe. So tomorrow, um, you guys will be honored. you introduced before the game, and some of you guys haven't seen each other in, in ages. When they take you guys around the track in your own vehicle and fans will pay tribute to you, because remember, it's been 40 years, so there'll be some people in the, in the stands that'll be anywhere from 40 to 60 to who knows what their age is going to be. What's that feeling going to be like? Or have you thought about it yet and what, what's going to happen for those people to come out and celebrate what you guys did 40 well, years ago? As soon as, they, as soon as they play celebration. For the 253rd time? For the 253rd time, time you know, it, it, it's going to bring it all back. And you get chills. You might as well and, and have tears and the same thing. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it be great if the Clydesdales could be out there too? But you never know. They're someplace else. How but about, how about an Aussie backflip? By who's going to do it? <laughs> we can ask him, and he can tell you no. I'll tell you, I, I don't want to overemphasize anything, but the difference in in Cardinal fans is that 
the, the older ones educate the younger ones and they honor their past. Yeah. The Cardinals have honored their past like no one else. And I was think David and I were actually texting back and forth about if somebody's going to throw out the first pitch tomorrow. Who do you, you know? David said, "Who do you think it's going to be?" You know, and, and David thinks it's going to be Ozzy to Willie or whatever. And I just thought back and I said, "How awesome would it be if it could be Bruce Souter, Daryl Porter? Oh, How epic would that have been?" It would have been wonderful. Um, you know, and and we lost Daryl. I, I miss him. I mean, he's he was just such a fine man. Um, but but uh, it, it's it, it's going to bring back memories no doubt these people like i said they're they're educated as to the cardinals past and you just don't see that everywhere you don't so so let me ask you guys when i think back at my first years in st louis and i think about the cardinals past being honored and the guys that would be in the clubhouse and these are names that cardinal fans know i mean it was lou brock obviously was around all the time and stan Musial would come by and pat everybody on the back and of course red shanes was still coaching and Bob Gibson would be around, and you know that was kind of the uh, the upper echelon. Are there guys even before that 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 you can remember being in the uh, Cardinals clubhouse? Who were the kind of the I, guys I, that would hang around? I remember the the time Roger Maris. Roger Maris used to come in quite a bit because he's friends with Whitey, and that was like mine. Like uh, when I when I managed an independent ball, Pete Rose would come in and wear his T-shirt, turn the chair around like Grandpa used to sit. Roger Maris did that in our clubhouse. And every time they came in, it was tough getting 25 guys out there to start the game at 7 o'clock because you just want to stay there and listen to this guy talk. Were you a Yankee fan growing up with uh, Roger Maris going through what he I was, did? Or? I was a Giant fan, but I lived in New York, so of right. course I knew all you know everything that they were going through. And you know, pretty soon, Mr. Judge is going to start facing the same thing Roger Maris is going to you know had to go through. And I think he's a little bit more well balanced. I think I think Roger's from North Dakota or South Dakota. It was North Dakota. He wasn't ready for it, but I think Judge will be. But I think that's going to happen, and and it should because he's a great player. Well, are we out of time? Well, this has been fun. Tomorrow will be even more fun. Why do we always get out of time? I feel like I want to talk to these guys all night. Well, well, you know what? You can't. Anyway. Yeah, you can. Maybe I'll get a yacht invite. Maybe I'll talk to you, talk yeah, to Stupid a lot. If you're really nice, October. Yeah. October. Hopefully, we're busy. Yeah, Ricky, well. love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no chance. I love you, bud. No oh, well. chance. It's okay. Fair enough. Well, he'll, <laughs> hey, he'll he'll throw some money in. <laughs> I've learned my Wait, SOS. I learned my SOS signs from the tube. <laughs> Dave, I'll be right back with you, brother. <laughs> For Dave. For Dave LaPointe, John Stuper, Ricky Horton, I'm Mike Claiborne. Fellas, thank you so much. Enjoy tomorrow on behalf of all of Cardinal Nation who will celebrate you for all the right reasons. Enjoy and thank you for what you meant not only to your ball club but to this city. And you continue to be part of uh, what Cardinal Nation is all about. So have, have, have a great day on us tomorrow. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank Folks, you. we are out of time. We thank everybody for listening. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Cardinal Baseball, the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, Ricky Horton tomorrow. Game two against Milwaukee. And we'll have some fun with that one as well. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow evening on the Cardinals Radio Network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.